just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We're back on track with the Rational Boomer Podcast. A little bit of a crazy day today, but let's be perfectly honest with you. Every day is freaking crazy in this country these days. There's always some kind of trauma, turmoil, drama, whatever. This one started on Sunday night. It was on the TV show 60 Minutes. They had a whistleblower on who was a former employee of Facebook. Her name was Frances Hogan. Now, what Frances Hogan said was pretty compelling. She said that in spite of the fact that Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook always said, oh, we're trying to keep the misinformation off and the violent rhetoric, trying to, we're working hard to get this taken off our platform. Turns out what in fact they were doing, they were fomenting this misinformation, the conspiracy theories, the lies, and the violent rhetoric, because they saw it was a way for them to make money. They chose money over the country. Now, if this is true, this is a huge story and going to be a huge problem for Facebook and probably some other social networking platforms. Now, here's what you need to understand. Internet is relatively new. Not really, but for the government apparently is because there is no legislation to police these folks in doing what they're doing. But by exposing it, it is a horrible PR nightmare for them because it could cause problems with um, people that are registered with Facebook. Let's be honest. These apps all have expiration dates. We thought MySpace would go on forever. Well, if Facebook's not careful, they could end up being the next MySpace. Worth nothing. Nobody goes there, and they lose whatever money they had at one point. Now, the interesting thing is, we'll see what kind of information comes out and what kind of proof comes out. But we've got to sit back and wait and see what happens. But trust, there's going to be some investigations into this. You can't uh, support an insurrection and violence in this country without somebody looking into it. Now, here's the real strange thing that happened. The next day, Facebook, their sister... um, Apps, Instagram, and WhatsApp all went dark. They shut down, which was kind of weird. And they shut down worldwide. And they didn't just shut down for 10 or 12 or 15 minutes. They shut down for over six hours. That is unprecedented. That has never happened to Facebook or any other legitimate app that is out there. So why did that happen? Why did it happen just after that whistleblower bombshell on 60 Minutes? Is it tied together? Is it coincidental? What caused it? Who caused it? And how did they do it? Those are all interesting questions. I mean, was it somebody in this country? Was it somebody in China or Russia? That's possible. Or was it Facebook themselves that shut it down? Are they just trying to 
clean up a mess before people look into it too deeply. Now, I don't know. That may be a conspiracy theory. I hear a lot of people suggesting that. But unfortunately, there's all kinds of other conspiracy theories about what happened here. I even heard one clown go on TikTok and say, look, oh, it's all over for Facebook because the military has just gone into the Facebook offices and grabbed up the servers. Now, that's fucking bullshit. It didn't happen. And that annoys me when I see that on TikTok or some other platforms. People just pulling shit out of their ass, throwing it out there, hoping to get followers or likes. That's bullshit. And somebody should take them to task. And if somebody like TikTok doesn't take them to task, I have some questions for them. Now, the interesting thing is Francis Hogan is going to testify in front of Congress. It'll be interesting to see what kind of information comes out there. It'll be interesting to see how things progress with this whole Facebook situation because uh, there's a lot of things to look into. And a lot of these things are very dangerous to this country. So you can't just let it go. You can't just hope for the best. Something has to be done about it. And they need to seriously look at uh, 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 putting in some legislation that keeps some limitations on platforms like Facebook or Twitter or whoever. Because all of them have done things that are a little shady. They're willing to push the limit or even go beyond the limit in order to make some extra money. Let's be honest. That's why they're in the business. Nobody ever imagined they'd have any impact on our political situation in this country. But the fact is, now they do. So we've got to look at it. We've got to consider it. I mean, we have radio and television. We have the FCC policing that industry or those industries. We probably need something over these platforms. I know people are scared of that. We don't want government intervention. We want to be able to say what we want. We have our First Amendment right. Well, yes, you do. But remember, there is some limitations to those First Amendment rights. You can say what you like, but there are some consequences. It's the old, don't yell fire in a theater. You can say whatever you like, but if you cause other people damage or infringe on other people's rights, well, you can't do that. And if we're in a situation with platforms like Facebook who are infringing on other people's right or putting this country in danger, well, that has to be looked at. And if there isn't a law for it, there fucking should be. So we'll see what happens with that. Now, I got a uh, an email from a gentleman who was a listener. And I'll just remind you, if you have questions, comments, complaints, whatever you have, you can always email me at rationalboomer at gmail.com. You can go to anchor.fm, look for Rational Boomer Podcast, and leave a voicemail message. I'm always anxious to hear from you. So I'm going to read this note to me by Kevin. It says, Good day, Mike. I hope you and yours are well. I'm of the Gen X era, and I enjoy your TikTok account and podcast very much, and find us in agreement nine times out of ten. That's pretty good, because my wife and I, it's like six out of ten. So I'm doing pretty well with Kev here. However, I wanted to challenge you on an opinion you had in your previous program. What? How dare you? (laughs) 
No, I'm kidding. Actually, I like people who challenge me. Because you see, when I'm talking about things here, I don't claim to be better or smarter than anybody else, but I don't tell you things or offer things up out of emotion, what I feel or what I would like to happen. I take a look at the facts. I decide what makes sense is going to come out of those facts, and that's what I tell you. That's how I determine what I think about things. There is no emotion in this. A lot of people just say, well, I want this to happen, so I'm going to say it is. I don't do that. If something's bad, I will tell you. If I think something's good, I will tell you that too. Um, You know, I get a lot of people I hear saying, oh, Trump will never be indicted. Oh, Trump will get away with everything. They'll never pass this. This will never happen. Now, I've heard this tons of times from people, and it annoys the fuck out of me. Whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, a fan of this podcast or my TikToks, it still makes me angry because these are the same people that said to me, oh, Donald Trump will win 2020. He'll just win. Don't worry about it. These people aren't coming from an intellectual mind. They're coming from emotion. They're tired of being put upon as they have, and I understand that. But now they're just pouting and saying, okay, well, just give it to him because he's going to win. That is no attitude to take. You don't walk into something assuming you're going to lose, and you don't base that opinion on nothing but you pouting. I'm sorry if I'm offending some people out there. I don't mean you're bad people. It's human nature for you to do that. But I want you to think before you say something like that because there's more to it than what you think always happens. It doesn't always work that way. And there's ways to look at things and look at facts, and that's what we'll do here in this situation. So (laughs) let's look at this challenge. I wanted to challenge you on an opinion from a previous program regarding Mitch McConnell and the Republicans in the Senate. You stated that Mitch's caucus will ultimately fold and raise the debt ceiling because it will cause them immense damages in the midterms if they successfully block the raising of the debt ceiling. Here is where I will challenge your opinion. The Republicans were able to fool 80% of their voters into behaving or into believing that Joe Biden somehow stole the presidency despite a list of evidence that could wrap this earth twice over, proving otherwise. I believe they could do it again with the power of Fox News and other propaganda sites to make them believe it was the Democrats that caused a global recession. You'll remember that Obama inherited the worst economy since the 30s. In 2009 and over the decade of the 2010s, it was very favorable for Republicans politically, starting with the Senate majority and the sweeping win in 2016. I believe McConnell is setting the stage to do this again and capture a majority at the expense of all of us. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the theory whenever you are back in the studio, which is hilarious. I used to own a recording studio. I've been in many radio studios, not in a studio now. I'm in a fucking living room, my living room. If you ever watch my TikToks and you see me sitting there with the pictures behind me, I'm in the same spot right now. It's not a studio. And I hope you have a great weekend. Uh, He's got a PS there, and I'll get to it after I talk about 
what he's saying there. He makes a good point in the sense that, uh, you know, the Republicans are these people that will do something wrong and then pin it on the Democrats and uh, they'll get their people to believe that. And he brings up um, he brings up the election and uh, he brings up 2016. I'll be glad to give you my opinion on this. First, you can't compare now to 2016. It is a different fucking world. It's four years after Donald Trump. If you took a look at what today looks like and you went back to 2015 on December 31st, different world. Whole different perspective on the world and this country. Whole different perspective on what's going on in our government. You can't make that comparison. It just doesn't happen. You're dealing with different factors, different problems, different issues, and different knowledge about what's going on. You can't compare that. The other thing I will say, too, it's one thing to call out election fraud because everybody has something to gain from this. All the people in the Republican Party will want to jump on board because they lost and now they're thinking they have a way to win. The only people that pay the price are the Democrats, the bad guys in their minds, and they don't even get a consequence because it's all bullshit and nothing ever changed. The election wasn't overturned. Joe Biden is president. Now, it's easy enough to say, oh, that's fake. It's a lie. We really won. Because in the end result, the Republicans get no heat other than from the Democrats. The Democrats, well, it doesn't change anything for them. What we're talking about with the debt ceiling is far different than that. Again, you can't compare the two things, and here's why. Come October 18th, this country could default on its debt, which would be catastrophic in our economy. Now, not just the economy for the Democrats, but for the economy for the Republicans. I mean, we're talking about losing 6 million jobs, $15 trillion in personal wealth. That's me and you. That's Republicans. That's poor people. That's rich people. That's fucking everybody. The stock market could crash. Anyone with a 401k, whether you be Democrat or Republican, you're losing a shitload of money. This is a far bigger deal than them claiming the election was a fraud. Because now people, real people, have to pay a price. And not just a little price, a big price. Maybe their entire future. Now you can suggest that he might be able to make it look like the Democrats are at fault. But that's going to be hard to do when all the Democrats voted for it and all the Republicans refused to vote for it. When Mitch McConnell steps up in front of the mic and says, yeah, we're not voting for it, even though they voted for it three times during the Trump administration. Here's the other thing to consider. This raising of the debt ceiling doesn't cover what's going to be spent. It covers what the Republicans spent during the, uh, the Trump administration. He's just not wanting to cover what he already fucking wasted. 
This can't go well for the Republicans. They can try to change the narrative, but it's not going to happen. Just not going to happen. But I will tell you this. The Democrats need to take a page from the Republicans. We know the Republicans take a point of view, whether it's true or not, and shove it down your throat, make it go viral on uh, on uh, the various platforms, and just shove it down people's throat. They're very good at telling a lie over and over and over again until a certain faction of people believe it. Now, this is something the Democrats should do. The Republicans, Mitch McConnell, they're ruthless people. The Democrats, they're known for petting puppy dogs and being nice people. And that's well and good. But if you're in a fight with somebody who's ruthless, it's time you become ruthless back. Maybe give some of their own medicine back. So in order to protect them from switching the narrative, and I don't think they can do it anyway, but even if you're worried about that, what you do is you do exactly what they did. You slam social media and everything you can possibly do, exposing Mitch McConnell for what he is. Telling people what he did. Say it over and over again, just like the Republicans do, and then he's going to have a problem hiding. You see, Mitch McConnell knows he's ruthless, and he knows that the Democrats are weak, so he thinks he can bully them into submission. And up to now, that has been the case. Now, the Democrats have shown a little more moxie lately, but not nearly enough. See, this is what bullies do. And I've said this many times before. They come at you hard. They will lie. They will yell. They will scream, expecting you to fold up and die. And the Democrats have done that many times over the years. But in this instance, they cannot afford to do that. Even if it's not in the nature of the Democrats to be ruthless or tough or push back, they have no choice in this matter. If nothing else, expose Mitch McConnell over and over again for what he's doing. So if he does force this crash, which would ultimately happen if they don't raise the debt ceiling, he needs to take ownership of it. But you really have to know why he's doing this and what he hopes to get. Let's be perfectly honest with you. This debt ceiling thing is just a game of chicken. And Mitch McConnell's good at playing chicken. It's a negotiation, but more a chicken contest. Who's got the most courage? Who will take it up to the edge and not run away as a chicken? Now, it's always been the Democrats at this point, but there's way too much to lose by doing that. So the Democrats are going to have to come out of their shell and push back just as hard. Because otherwise, not only this country is in trouble, if this country gets in trouble and there's a catastrophic economic thing, it's going to affect the rest of the world. Mitch McConnell does not want to be saddled with that. And even if he's willing to be saddled with that, he's going to have a lot of people in his own state, his buddies that have lots of money, that give him a lot of money, that they're all going to lose a lot of money. Do you think he really wants to do that? 
well, maybe he's crazy enough to try. But in my life, I learned a lot about negotiation. And there's one thing I learned about negotiation. You have to have courage. You have to be able to take it to the edge like Mitch McConnell does. And no matter how tough the other person you're negotiating with, if you refuse to give up until the very, very last second, generally the other party will fold before then and you win. And you know that in your head. You read the person you're negotiating with. And I did that in my business. I think I've told you this before. I I tried to play the game as a salesman, be the nice guy, give them all the benefits, and hope they'll buy. But these people would push it and push it and push it, trying to get it cheaper and better and faster and all that kind of stuff. And then I got fucking tired of it. I didn't care. So I said, here's the deal. Here's the money. Here's what it's going to cost you. This is what you get. And then, of course, they try to play their games. And I'd say, fuck it. Then go away. I don't care. I don't need you. Now, sometimes I lost. And that's the thing about a negotiation, whether it be something like this or some other negotiation you're involved in. If you want to win a negotiation, you have to have the courage to be willing to lose. Because if you're not willing to lose, if you can't afford not to lose, then you're going to be taken advantage of. You're going to give in to whoever's up against you. You will lose the game of chicken. Now, Schumer and uh, the the Democrats in the Senate, they really can't afford to lose. So you're thinking, well, they got a cave. Well, no. Because the Republicans can't afford this to lose either. The Democrats really have the advantage because they want to fix it, keep everybody safe, keep everybody's money intact. But the Republicans don't. Now, the Republicans know from history that the fucking Democrats cave every time. So this has to be the one time when the Democrats don't cave. They keep pushing. Eventually, no matter how tough Mitch McConnell is, he has more to lose in this situation. I mean, everybody loses if the economy crashes. But he's going to be held responsible for that crash. So right now, he has more to lose. If you're a Democrat, you've got to understand that. And you've got to use that to your advantage. If I'm going to head to head with somebody, and I know they have to have it, otherwise they're going to lose, I'm going to push them to the edge. I'm going to push them to the last second. Now, if I'm not willing to play chicken and run away from this thing, it could mean that I would lose. But generally, it's not the case. Because everybody's got nerve until it costs them dearly. And then they cave. Mitch McConnell will have to cave. If he doesn't cave, he's got a problem. The Democrats will find a way to get this done in a different way. This might be the perfect time for them to call out or carve out the filibuster. You can go to Mansion now. You can go to Cinema. You can go to the president, Biden, and say, look, I know you guys want to keep this goddamn thing, but this is going to ruin the country and affect the world. You can't stand by this anymore. Something has to be done. Something has to be changed. Now, Mitch McConnell carved out the uh, filibuster a few times when 
Trump was in office. You can do it on this side, but now's the time you fucking do it. You carve it out, use it to your advantage, and then when you get control, then you get rid of it completely. But I'm not convinced the Democrats will get rid of it because they know when the Republicans are in power, they need it. That's the problem. The politicians love the filibuster and it just fucks us over. I've said that before. So I understand what you're saying, Kevin. I get it. But you're thinking short term. You're comparing it to non-comparable things. This is a different time. This is a more dramatic situation. When we're talking about election fraud, we're talking about theory. We're talking about opinions. When we're talking about the debt ceiling, we're talking about real money, real wealth, real position being taken away just because one guy's being a dipshit. It's not the same deal. Somebody will have to cave. And the fact of the matter is, Mitch McConnell and the Republicans are the only ones that don't want to raise the debt ceiling. And when it's all said and done, they will get the blame. And it's important to people like us that are on social media that if he lets it fail, that we inundate social media and just make it known who's responsible. He might try to change the narrative, but I don't know how he can. People will be so angry. What do you think is going to happen? When Mitch McConnell or the other Republicans go back to their communities, the people they represent, and they've lost their 401k, they've lost their jobs, they lost tons of money, how are they going to face them? The bottom line is they have to face their constituency, and they can't do it if they allow this to happen. So, Kev, I appreciate the comment, and I understand your point. And there is something to that point. I get it. But we're talking with a vastly different situation now. It's far more dramatic, and it's going to impact individuals. It's not just theory. It's not just an argument. It's not just a lie. It's real money and real wealth being taken away from everybody. Not just Democrats, not just the poor, not just the middle class, especially the rich people, the ones that fund these fucking Republicans. You can't make that comparison. Let me just tell you this. I don't know exactly how it's going to get done, but come October 18th, this country could default on its loans. That would be catastrophic, and that would make the earth crazy because it would screw up this country, which would in turn screw up the rest of the world. I'll guarantee you this. I can't say for sure how it will get done, but before October 18th, it will get done. That will get done without any question. It's always been done in the past. It will be done now. These fucking games will be over, and it will pass. It has to pass. The the punishment for not passing it is world-changing, and nobody is going to be looking to be responsible for that. Not even evil fucking Mitch McConnell. Okay. The last thing that Kevin said to me in this note, he said, P.S., I know you're a listener of uh, Tom Powell Jr. on TikTok, as I am. 
if there is any interest in a collaboration podcast that would be a real treat for us all. Wishing you all the best, Kevin. I do know who Tom Powell Jr. is. I do watch his stuff. I do like what he has to say. I think we agree on many levels. Now, Tom, believe it or not, he's a much younger guy than I am. Let's see, 48, 49, I'm 61. That doesn't really mean anything. But uh, I know there are a lot of the people that are the big have the big amount of followers on TikTok. They might be friends with one another. They talk to one another. They talk off the grid with one another. That's not the case with me. For whatever reason, I never hear from any big um, big TikToker out there. I did have a live one time. Tom Powell Jr. did come in, and I said, Hey, Tom, how you doing? I asked him a question. Didn't say a word. Ultimately left. So, I have no connection to Tom Powell Jr. I will talk to anybody, anybody, whether they're for me or against me, (laughs) but I don't know Tom Powell Jr. It might be an interesting conversation. And we probably won't agree on all things, but I think most things we will agree. We come from different, different factions of life. We're both from the Midwest, so that's interesting. Now, If something worked out where I could talk to Tom Powell or some of these other people, there's a lot of good ones out there. Crazy Mother Runner, love her. She is funny, she's talented, and she makes some excellent points. There's a bunch of them out there that I would love to talk to. I just don't have the occasion to talk to them. Nobody's calling me up. Nobody's DMing me. And the rare occasion that I DM somebody else, I got no response. So, uh, I'm open for every, anything, but I, I don't suspect that we'll see much of that anytime soon. And that's fine. They got their audience. I got my audience. We do what we do, and that's just fine. Um, one thing I want to mention. Oh, shit. I am way overdue on this one. This is going to be a long show. So I'm going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So we've been talking about Mitch McConnell and refusing to raise this debt ceiling and all the terrible things that could happen in this country. But the question is, why is Mitch McConnell doing this? And I'll tell you why he's doing this. I mean, he raised the debt ceiling three times under the Trump administration. Why wouldn't he do it here? Actually, in the hundred times it's been done, it's been kind of an automatic thing. The two sides got together, they passed it, and they moved on. It's happened many times before. This is no different. Except Mitch McConnell decides he's going to shove it down the Democrats' throat and risk all of us in the process. So why is he doing it? Well, I'll tell you why he's doing it. He's trying to punish the Democrats for bringing up this infrastructure bill. Not the bipartisan one, because he's happy with that, because he'll vote for that and he'll get some credit for whatever good that does. But there's that reconciliation reconciliation bill for $3.5 trillion. There's a lot of good stuff going on in that particular bill. 
that's going to be good for a lot of people and good for this country. Mitch McConnell doesn't like that bill, first of all, because Democrats created it. But here's the real reason why he's pushing this debt ceiling thing, trying to get some leverage or be a bully against the Democrats because of that reconciliation bill. See, Mitch McConnell knows there's a lot of stuff in that bill that's going to look good. He can't bring himself to get his people to vote for it because it's Democratic. It's a big pissing contest. Now, if he was smart, he'd get on board and he'd vote for it. Because then he could claim doing some good for the country and helping them out in 2022. But the fact of the matter is ego's too big and he won't do it. But what he does know is that if that infrastructure bill passes the reconciliation one for $3.5 trillion, that's going to do a lot of good in this country. Make people feel very good. Remember the uh, COVID relief bill, how everybody was happy about that? Same thing will happen, but in a bigger way with this reconciliation bill. And if that passes and it does all that good and people like it so much, well, then Mitch McConnell and the Republicans are fucked for 2022. So he doesn't want to see that infrastructure bill pass. He may not have a choice in the matter, but he's going to do everything he can to be a stumbling block to... uh, be a fly in the ointment to that thing. And this is one way to do it. He's taking them off the topic of the infrastructure dealing with the debt ceiling. He's creating chaos. He's creating confusion. Anything he can possibly do to get them off this reconciliation bill, he's going to try. Now, none of it's going to work. It's not going to work. But he's so ego-driven And he's so against anything the Democrats would do. He said he would block anything the Democrats would do. Uh, He's going to play this out as far as he can. As I said, when it comes down to it, he's not going to let this country go to shit just because he's a stubborn piece of shit. He's evil, but he's not stupid. And he would be stupid if he allowed that to happen because he will take the heat and it will cost him the 2022 election and the 2024 election. I don't care what anybody says. It will. When you start hitting people's pocketbooks, you've got some mad motherfuckers out there. You think about it. Think about what happened after 9-11. The economy took a serious hit. People were angry. And who were they angry at? The Muslims, because they perceived them as the ones responsible for 9-11. And theoretically they were, but they were a specific group. Now, in 2008, when we had the housing crash and people lost a lot of money and lost value in houses and lost their houses, people were pissed. People were fucking pissed. Why do you think George W. Bush left office and left the worst economy in history to Barack Obama? And why do you think another Republican didn't win the presidential office in 2008? It was Obama. Because people were sick of the fucking Republicans and what they did to the economy. They'd vote for anybody. They voted for Obama. Many Republicans probably voted for Obama because they were sick of that shit. So by crashing the economy, Mitch McConnell's going to be in trouble. And as I've said, he's not going to do that. But he's doing it in order to cause some confusion or try to slip up the Democrats in passing the reconciliation bill. 
Democrats do that, it's going to do wonders for them in the next elections, and it's going to do wonders for this country. I've talked about all the things it's going to do, and none of it, not one thing in it, isn't helpful to the middle class and the people who pay most the taxes in this country. This will be a boon for the Democratic Party, and Mitch McConnell knows that. you got to understand, Mitch McConnell likes to act like he's in power, and maybe to a certain extent he is, but the fact of the matter is he's hanging by a thread. He knows that that infrastructure bill passes the reconciliation for $3.5 trillion. If that passes, his life is going to shit. But he also knows in the same vein, with all this information coming out about the Republicans with the insurrection overturning the election, Donald Trump, that's going to beat his ass to death. So those two things don't paint a pretty picture for the Republicans in 2022 or 2024. And I know, I've said this earlier, people will say, oh, they'll still win. Shut the fuck up. You're acting on emotion. When it comes to politics, business, or all those sorts of things, that is no place for emotion. Look at the facts. Look at the situation. Try to read the people. Try to read the situation and what it really is. And besides, it's never a good thing to go anything into anything with a negative attitude. Then you're sure to lose. You should always go into everything with a positive attitude and present yourself as such. And go after stuff as a positive person, knowing that you're going to get what you expect to get. I don't understand the attitude. To me, it's just pouting. It's pouting because you've been hurt in the past, and now you're going to say, fuck it, uh, we'll just give up because we got beaten in the past. That's no way to think. If you're an American... Americans have been known to fight, to get what they need, get what they deserve. If you're not willing to do that, then just be quiet. you got to be ready to fight if you want to get this country back. Because to a large extent, we have lost this country to the Trump administration, to the Republican Party. Now is the time for the Democrats. Democrats have to be as ruthless as Republicans. But this is an opportunity. These are tough times. These are strange situations. But you need to look at this as an opportunity. Democrats haven't had many opportunities because they've never shown up for the fight. Well, now they're showing up for the fight. Now we just have to expect them to actually put up a fight and be tough. And I think now they're pushed in the corner far enough where they have no choice. If they don't fight, that is our democracy. That is our country. So if they don't fight now, they're worthless and we don't need the fucking Democrats either. But I think they'll bring themselves up to the times and do what they need to do. They have to. You know, when we talk about the debt ceiling and the infrastructure bill. It's all about money. Now, the Republicans will tell you that we can't afford a $3.5 trillion infrastructure bill by helping the people. But here's something you need to know. During the Bush administration, 
there was a $1 trillion, $1.2 trillion tax cut for the rich. That's what happened under George W. Bush. Now, during the Trump administration, we know there was a $2 trillion tax cut to the rich. There was no talk about, oh, we can't afford that. They just did it. It gained nothing for the middle class or the people of this country. All it did is give a tax break to the rich. We're talking about $3.2, $3.3 trillion between um, Donald Trump and uh, George W. Bush. $3.2 trillion. So now Joe Biden wants to put up $3.5 trillion and give it back to the people where it should go and where it's needed and where it's going to help this country flourish. But now all of a sudden the Republicans say, we can't afford that. Dudes, it's not about what you can afford, because clearly you can afford it because you already did it. What it is is about your ideology and not wanting to give it back to the people of this country, instead giving it to the rich people. So don't give us that bullshit It's that you can't afford it. You can't afford it. Now, what's going to happen with the infrastructure bill? Well, that's kind of interesting. Because we can pass that on reconciliation, meaning a simple majority, meaning 51 votes. Because it has to do with the budget. That's the one separate thing that uh, you can do the reconciliation on. We've got Mansion and Cinema who are going against us. That is our stumbling block. Our stumbling block is not the Republicans in this case, because we know they aren't going to vote for it. But we don't need it if we get 50 Democrats to vote for it. But we got these two fucking clowns that are not willing to hop on board. Now, these people are getting some pretty good heat. I saw Christian Cinema followed into a public bathroom go into a stall and have people ranting at her. Her popularity in Arizona has dropped like a rock. She's going to bend. She likes people liking her. She likes to look important and smart. And right now she's looking dumb. She's going to have to bend. Uh, Manchin is going to have to bend because he's seen what's going on and he sees what's going to happen with this stuff not passing and not helping the people. See, Joe Manchin has said he wants all these things. He agrees with them. He just thinks it's too much money, even though we know it's not too much money because they spent it before on just rich people and got nothing in return. I said the raising of the debt ceiling will happen, and it will happen. Trust me. Mark my words on this. And I think the two infrastructure bills will pass, too. Now, just to save face, what they're going to have to do is come down a little bit on that reconciliation bill. The bipartisan bill will pass as soon as we have some confidence that the reconciliation bill will pass. And then the progressive Democrats will jump on board. So what's going to happen is that it may be two trillion dollars or two and a half trillion dollars to make it look like mansion and cinema won something even though they didn't but here's what's going to happen they're not going to take away any of the specifics in that 
in that uh, infrastructure bill. And you're probably saying to yourself, well, how can you cut the cost if you just don't take away anything that's in the bill? Well, there might be some small things taken away. I'll, I'll correct that. But what they'll do is they'll just change the length of time. This $3.5 trillion infrastructure bill extends over 10 years at $3.5 trillion. And I've said this before. What they'll do is they'll cut the time and say, even if they cut it in half to five years and make it $2 trillion, well, then it's actually more money to cover the things they want to cover in that infrastructure bill. But it'll be shorter. It'll be five years. But it's worth the gamble because... All these people are going to get all these great things, and they're going to like it. They're going to become accustomed to it. And when that five years is up, it's going to be hard-pressed for our government to take that shit away from them. It's actually a good move if they have to cut the price, cut the time length, get it in action, get people used to it for five years. And then when the five years is up, the people will say, even the Republicans will say, no, 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 you're not taking this shit away from us. So that's what they should do, and that may end up being what they do. The infrastructure bills, the bipartisan and the reconciliation bill, will get passed. It may not be $3.5 trillion on the reconciliation bill, but it'll be a lot. And it'll get a lot of people a lot of help. So don't worry about it. It's going to take some dicking around and playing these games and posturing and trying to build everybody's ego. But at some point, it will come to pass. Because you see, if it doesn't pass, that is horrific for the Biden administration. They're riding on everything on this. If they don't get this passed, they're in trouble in 2022. If they do get it passed, the Republicans are in trouble in 2022. Because the people want this stuff. The vast majority of the people in this public, Republican and Democrat, to the tune of about 75, 77 percent, want all these things. It's about time they got all these things. This will happen one way or another. And again, we'll have the people saying, oh, it'll never happen. It never happened before. Well, we're in unusual times. We're in different times now. You can't compare this time to any other time in history. It's never been like this before. So to suggest anything in comparison to 2015 or before is ridiculous because it has no bearing on it at all. History isn't comparable to what we're dealing with now. So the infrastructure bills will pass, and you can mark my words on that. I don't know what the reconciliation bill will ultimately be, but it will be enough to bring the programs they want to bring to the public. And when they do, the public's going to like it. That's going to be a problem for the Republicans, and that's going to be good news for the Democrats. But more importantly, it's going to be good news for us for fucking once. It's about time. I just wanted to bring up something real quickly, real briefly. We've been hearing about this news story called... uh, the Pandora Papers. Now, when I first heard it, I thought, what is this, some crazy fucking conspiracy theory? But as I watch it more, I realize it's a true news story. 
And apparently there is some channels or some programs or whatever the fuck you want to call it, where the richest of the rich are funneling money out of this country into overseas banks and hiding it from taxes or just hiding it generally. And that is a big impact on this country when you think of taxes being paid or taxes not being paid. And we're talking about trillions of dollars that are leaving this country into overseas banks. That's a lot of money this country should have. That's a lot of money that could be doing some good in this country. That's a lot of fraud against the American IRS and the tax codes. So now this is being exposed. I'm hearing like 300 rich people, politicians, celebrities. They're all funneling money out of there. Now if this information exists and this evidence exists, some things are going to be changed dramatically. Some other people are going to be in trouble. Now some of this is perfectly legal. And it goes back to how we treat billionaires. We don't make them pay taxes and we give them free money. That's going to change because now everybody knows or everybody will know and they're going to be pissed off. Now it's exposed. Now, if you took all the money that has been funneled out of this country and consider the taxes that would have been paid had they handled it legally, doing this infrastructure bill wouldn't be a problem. If you see something like this, If you see what these people are doing to cheat the system, to cheat the country, can you really possibly say, oh, let's give the money to the rich? They're fucking taking the money anyway. They're robbing this country anyway. And then on top of it, the Republicans want to give them more money. This is going to expose the very wealthy. And people are going to be upset about it. There's going to be some outrage. There's going to be some uh, rebellion about it. It's not going to be popular to keep giving rich people money. That will change the culture in this country. It will do away with the trickle-down theory once and for all. I don't know much about that story yet because there isn't much that's out about it, but watch it closely. Because this could have a serious impact on Republicans, this could have a serious impact on our government, and it could be a serious impact on how wealthy people are finally dealt with. We'll keep a close eye on it. We'll talk about it more, of course. Anyway, I think I did go long this time. (laughs) I always go long. I always think I'm going to do a short show, and every damn time it's always long. So anyway... I'll be back again shortly, of course. Questions or comments, rationalboomer at gmail.com or go to anchor.fm. Look for Rational Boomer and leave a voicemail message. Always want to hear from you. Thank you, Kevin, for sending your email. And uh, we'll be back again in the next day or so with more information about whatever the hell's going on at that point. And who knows what it will be. So you have yourself a good week, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time. Next time.